You're listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. The views and opinions shared on this program don't necessarily reflect those of Citywide Home Loans. Citywide Home Loans, LLC, NMLS 67180. David Hosterman, NMLS 220562. Jonathan Edwards, NMLS 671258. Equal housing lender. Regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Call for additional cost information. Program qualifications and offerings are subject to change at any time. Not all that apply will qualify. Other restrictions may apply. Good morning and welcome to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. I'm Jonathan Edwards with Citywide Home Loans. In the studio this morning, I've got Doug Pike as our MVP guest host. Doug's with Colorado Is Home. This is the show that brings you today's most relevant real estate insights and experiences from the industry's most dedicated players. Today, Doug Pike with Colorado Is Home is going to chat with us about mountain homes and mountain real estates. Mountain homes can really be a different animal, so it's essential that you have the right team on your side. Stay tuned for a triple play of Denver's hottest listings. A quick disclaimer that citywide home loans in Colorado is home real estate is not are not affiliated entities. Listeners are not required to use either participant to work with the other participant. Doug, thanks for being on the show with us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So, Doug, you were supposed to be on the show like a couple of years ago, but then that thing happened, that whole pandemic thing, you know? So they're just uh, opening the studios back up over the last few months. We're finally able to find a time to get you back on the show, which I'm super excited about because uh, for those that don't know, Doug Pike is a very well-known real estate estate agent up in the Evergreen area. He grew up in Evergreen, um, does a lot of work in the Hiwan Hills area up there, as well as all parts of Evergreen, but very, very knowledgeable. And why I'm excited to have Doug on the show today is he's going to bring some unique perspectives. We have in our... Um, in the world today, and especially post-COVID, we've got a lot of people that really are interested in moving into the mountains, maybe working remotely up there, which, you know, certainly that's what I've done as well. And I, I think it can be a great strategy, but there's really some unique differences to living in the mountains. And it's essential that you have a real estate agent that's experienced, that knows and understands that world. So, Doug, uh, quick, quick overview. Um, I, I've already sort of uh, ruined it for you in that you are from Evergreen, Colorado, and you're a native, right? I am, yeah. Um, grew up in Evergreen, uh, left for college, and said, why did I leave? And yeah. back to Evergreen. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, I've been there for almost four years. Colorado seems to have that magnetic pull, right? You yeah. try to leave, and uh, and you just have to come back. So, Doug, tell me a little bit about your team there. Colorado is home. Sure. Um, so there's a couple of us. Um, I'm the, the broker owner. I own Colorado's Home. And uh, we have Carol Beatty, who uh, works with Colorado's Home as a broker associate. She's been with us for a couple of years. She lives in the Evergreen area. And then we also have Blake Alexander. Uh, he's also been with the team for a couple of years. Uh, grew up in Evergreen. Um, really knowledgeable for the Evergreen area, too. So that, that's our primary focus is kind of mountain homes, uh, West Ever suburbs, foothills, that area. 
Doug, so the ball's in your court here. Let, let's dive right in. Let's talk about mountain homes and, and some why they're a little bit more unique than homes we might find down here in the Denver area. It, the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, you think Evergreen, you think maybe Conifer, Blackhawk, those areas. Once you get on I-70, basically past, past Wheat Ridge, right? Like you start going uphill, you're in the mountains, right? So it is steep. So when, when you're, does that cause, when, when somebody's building a home or purchasing a home, from a structural standpoint, does that cause any issues? You know, it's really interesting. Um, so, so what we have structural engineers say a lot is kind of funny. You're built on bedrock. So oftentimes your home's not really going anywhere. But that doesn't mean it was built the same way that homes in the Denver area were built, especially in you know, 60s, 70s, 80s. There were different, different engineering components back then. So universally... Your home might be built on the side of the mountain. It might not be built the same way that a home in Highlands Ranch or Lakewood or Wee Ridge is mm-hmm. built, but it's really not going anywhere. The mountain's got to go somewhere for your house to go. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. So, so you, don't, you don't typically see more structural issues just because they're mountain homes as you would down the hill, or do you think maybe you do? No, I mean, it's, it's, you've got to know what you're getting into. Or right? different types of yeah, structural it, it, issues. It, it, exactly right. It's just, it's just a different type of build. And so instead of digging down, you know, five, seven feet and pouring foundation walls, oftentimes you're on top of granite and they're building your foundation walls on top of granite. And so again, as long as the mountain and the granite's not going anywhere, your house isn't going anywhere. But that's that's a little bit shocking. You gotta you gotta know what you're what you're looking at when you're starting to research your properties in the mountain area. Absolutely. Uh, so what about roofing materials? Driving around the Evergreen area, I, I one of the things I noticed when I first moved up there and we were looking at homes is that the roofs look a little bit different than they do down in the Denver area. Why is that? What are we looking at? Well, so so Evergreen, well, the mountains in general are kind of interesting. So you have a couple different factors that you have to consider. Um, you have snow loads. So there's the weight, greater weight of snow in the mountain area than there is in the Denver area. You'll see a lot of metal roofs or cement tile roofs. Those um, carry the weight better, but those also will help your insurance rates for fire mitigation. Um, then you, you, believe it or not, still have hailstorms in, in the mountain area too. So you kind of have this like trifecta of fire, snow, and hail all hitting evergreen roofs. And so you want to make sure that the roof that you have in evergreen, the homes are built in evergreen with, uh, with an adequate roof to handle all, all of those different things. That makes sense. So uh, what about acreage and water rights? I mean, certainly once you get the further outside of the major metropolitan area of Denver or, or even the I-25 corridor, um, theoretically, the more acreage you're going to have. Right. So talk to us. Are you seeing that there's bigger, more acreage in the homes up in the mountains? Yeah, it, it is. And it, it's, you know, what becomes so interesting about it is um, we'll have people that come up and they'll go, look, uh, this is our dream. We want to we want to live up here. We don't want to see anybody else ever. And so that means we need 10 acres. No, it doesn't. Um, it really depends on how things are developed. You know, we'll see homes up there that have an acre of land. And it's just where you are, where your home is situated on that acre of land, how the, how the neighborhood is subdivided. You can feel like you're a world away and you've only got an acre of land and you don't need 10 acres. So it, it, yeah. it's really interesting. It's really dynamic in the mountain area and people go into it thinking, well, I'm, I'm going to need a certain thing. And then they're often surprised that they, they don't necessarily need that thing. Um, you know, and water rights are kind of a part of that too, that you mentioned. 
Um, it, it's <laughs> it's hard to not feel like it's the Wild West because you get to drive up there and you feel like it's the Wild West. It's not. <laughs> You know, there's uh, there are a lot of uh, different components to what you can use if you have a stream or a creek running through your property, what you can use it for, what you can't use it for. Water rights in Colorado are kind of one of the biggest issues that we hit in real estate in general, but that's especially true in the mountain area. Uh, well rights are, are really important. What can you use your well water for, et cetera? So there are just a lot of different components to the mountain area. Again, I'll, I'll probably say this a lot, that it, it feels like it's the Wild West, but it's but it's real. So in, in to that point, when, when putting a contract together, Doug, you've got a buyer who's looking to purchase a home in the mountains. They found the right home. They want to put their offer in. Is there anything specific within the contract that you're addressing from a water rights standpoint? Absolutely, Doctor. There's, there's an entire section of the contract that stipulates what water rights are, whether water rights are running concurrently with the property, and then you just do this whole deep dive into what exactly that means, whether you have first position water rights, second position water rights, when you can use them, how much you can use. So it really can get complex. And, and oftentimes in real estate transactions, we'll wind up turning to water rights attorneys because it's such a big deal. There's so much value in water rights. You're looking at just a property thinking it's worth X. Well, no, there's the water rights, and that's a big Y factor too. Um, Doug, I'm moving to the mountains. Like, I want a view, right? But uh, that's not going to be an issue because I'm in the mountains, right? In the mountains. You got views everywhere. So that, that's a really good one. So we get this all the time, too, that, well, I'll go back a little bit. You, you want the acreage, but then you also want the views. And you want flat, usable land, but you really want the views. Those things do not go together. And we have that's a rare property when they all come together, property. right? You're, you're owning the entire mountain if you have flat, <laughs> land and you have incredible views. Yeah, we see this happen all the time up there. Somebody wants an easy drive. They want a manageable drive. They want to commute, whatever it may be. They want flat, usable land. They want big play space. Maybe they've got horses, but they also want those million-dollar Mount Evans views. You can't have it all. Yeah. And so that's just such an interesting thing. And you can't tell that a lot of times when you're just looking at properties online or you're, you're trying to figure out where you need to be, what areas, what locations. So that's a big component of what we do is, well, if you want your views, this is what, what you need to be looking at. These are the areas you're going to be looking at. If you want flat, usable land, maybe you do have horses or some type of animals, you need that space. These are the areas you're going to be looking at. It's not just a huge spread where you can get a little bit of everything wherever you look. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you talk about the Mount Evans views, which I think having lived in Evergreen for a few years, that's one of the key mountain views that people really look for. Right. And, and, and you live in Haiwan Hills. I lived in Haiwan Hills. And in from Haiwan Hills, there are some great views of Mount Evans. All of them are on the side of a mountain with not flat usable land. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, I think you make you make a great point. The best views, the higher you go, the better the views. Right. And it, for the most part. Yeah. Absolutely. And so uh, and so you really have to take that into consideration. And it, it, we are a prime example of this, Doug, because the home that we bought was literally on the side of a mountain, but we had great views. But then we started to have kids Mm -hmm. and it became not really usable land. And so that really has to come into consideration when we bought our home recently. You know, that's something we really took into consideration is this. Can the kids go outside and play without falling down the mountain? You know, (laughs) 
gone. It's gone. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to go all the way down to the bottom of the neighborhood to get it back, right? Yeah, totally. No, you're totally right. I mean, it, 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 there are just all these things that you think about, and, and you mentioned Mount Evans views. It's funny. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a family of, of, of realtors, and we don't really see this anymore, but my family used to laugh that appraisers would add hundreds of thousands of dollars in value to homes that had straight on, you know, dead straight on Mount Evans views. Mm-hmm. So it used to be this crazy thing because you'd see one house that was in the same neighborhood selling for whatever it was selling for. And then another house in the same neighborhood was selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars more. And you just couldn't figure out why it was the Mount Evans views. And so, yeah. you know, that's something that consumers are looking at now too, is trying to make sense of, we've got such a crazy real estate market as it is. Why are some homes that much more crazy in the mountain areas? Well, if you've got that dead on Mount Evans view, mm-hmm. there are, it's not as though there's thousands of those homes in the right. area to choose from. You've only, right. got a, you've only got a handful. Yeah. So it, that's always something to be aware of too. And something that we always laugh about when you get a buyer that comes in and says, Hey, I've got to have these views. Say, okay, we're, we're going to figure out how to get that for you. But this is what you need to know about being able to have a view like that. So, so to that point, Doug, if you are a little bit cash strapped or you want to move into the mountains, but you don't have a lot of money to work with. One way to, to try and find a home that might be more reasonable in price is to take a home that really doesn't have much of a view because you're, you're going to get that home. It seems to me at a discount. Yeah. Well, um, yes. Now I'll say discount gently because again, the real estate market is so crazy. No, nothing is discounted yeah. right now. Yeah, right. But, but you're absolutely right. And, and that's what some people wind up reconciling and is they, they, they start their process and, and say, okay, this is what, this is what we have on our needs list. And then all of a sudden the needs list becomes a want list. Yes. You know? and, and the want list becomes a little less intense because they do say, well, okay, Maybe maybe the views weren't quite as important and maybe as we thought. Yeah, usable land is a little bit more important. So it's it's kind of always an evolving process in the mountains to to figure out what the best fit is for somebody and how they're working within their budget. What about zoning? What what do we need to know about zoning that's sure. different in the mountains than what we see down here? Sure. So I'm I'm gonna go back to again. You heard me say I was gonna say Wild West. But I'm just gonna <laughs> um, so we have a lot of and this is a product of COVID, right? Everybody. Um, wants more space and and trying to get out of the city and construction costs are are expensive home costs are expensive so we have a lot of people that say hey i'm just going to buy some vacant land and i'm going to slap down a tiny house or a prefab home or whatever whatever it is and it's going to be within budget or it's going to be reasonable and they wind up hitting all of these zoning restrictions because it's not the wild west i mean it it feels like it is again you're up there and you've got space it's kind of everything that you're looking for but you still have a lot to comply with as far as your land use is concerned. So very few areas in the mountains can you do tiny homes or can you do prefab homes? You need to have foundations for all of them. You need to be hooked up to some form of utilities for all of them. Um, so, so that's one form of, of the land use that you need to be aware of. Second one oftentimes is, we were talking about horses. Do you have some type of domestic animal that you think you can just let roam around your property and and you can't you have to have specific zoning for that there are tax implications whether you have residential or agricultural zoning so there are so many things that go into the property search from a zoning standpoint and making sure that however we're finding a property for you it's conforming to what your needs are and conforming to the zoning requirements 
You are listening to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report on ESPN Radio 1600. Check out past episodes on our podcast at 1043thefan.com. For mortgage questions and information, give us a call at 303-921-5747. If you would like to get in touch with Doug Pike at Colorado is home to discuss buying or selling your next home, Doug can be reached at 303-808-5310. Doug, um, I forgot to ask you earlier in the show, do you have any listings currently or any that are coming up? Um, we've got a couple that are coming up. Um, only one that I can, because we're coming up. Next yeah, I don't know how much you can say yeah, about them, but if you have a general area and yeah. price range. Uh, we've got one in Kings Valley, which is really cool. That's uh, right out on 285, um, just south of Conifer. Uh, property address is 30669 Kings Valley Road. Um, and you can actually go to 30669kingsvalleyroad.com uh, and check out all the pictures and everything. Really cool property, uh, offers a ton. Um, I won't say reasonably priced because, again, nothing seems to be reasonably priced. Now, <laughs> anywhere, anywhere, right? Very reasonably priced. So check that one out. Awesome, Doug. Well, uh, yeah. Again, if you have uh, if you have some interest in purchasing a home in the mountain area, Conifer, Evergreen, uh, Bailey, Blackhawk, wherever it might be, Doug is a great resource. And again, Doug can be reached at three zero three eight zero eight five three one zero. Great information so far, Doug. Let's continue to sort of dive into and talk more about mountain homes and in you know, folks, if if you're out there and you're considering. Considering a home in the mountains, I, I can't stress enough how important it is to work with an agent up there uh, that really knows and understands that world. Uh, it, it can really be a different ball game, and there are some things that can really come up and, and hinder uh, your experience in your purchasing a home that can end up costing you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. And an example that I have is... Um, the house that we actually looked at when we were up there, we loved it. We thought it was great. Uh, we were getting ready to put an offer on it, and um, and, and we thought it was going to be too small, and that we wanted to put an addition on it, and not a big deal at all. We figured, hey, we'd save up some money, put an addition on it. Well, after doing a little bit of research, we found out that uh, by doing an addition on that house, we would also need to take out the septic and replace the septic. This is a home that, that ran on a septic system. Um, Doug, is is that something that you have encountered in the past as well? Absolutely, absolutely. So, so that's one of the big points that we we always talk with people about when they start their their mountain property search. Are you comfortable with a septic system? Do you know the ramifications of a septic system? And, and it's not scary by any means. It's just a different animal. If you're coming up from the Denver area and you've been on city water and sewer, uh, and and you just pay your water and sewer bill every single month and that's it, you don't have much to think about, then a septic system or a well, those those are a little bit different for you. And it's it's information and education that you need to have, you need to process through. And as you said, if you want to do an addition or the home isn't a perfect fit for your family size at that time and you've got some future plans, you need to know how all of those sorts of things are going to be worked into the process. And that's really what you need to be doing when you're when you're looking at homes initially. You don't want to be in a circumstance where you've got thousands of dollars in expenses a couple of years down the road that you you just weren't planning for. Good information, Doug. Now, what about wells? Do you, Mike, a friend of mine purchased a home and uh, and it was on well, so the water comes from a well underneath the ground someplace, right? Uh, only to find out after a couple of years that there was not as much water 
in the well as they thought, which they thought, I assume, was an unlimited supply of water. So is that something you've run into as well? And is there is there something that you can do to check the amount of water in a well? Sure, sure. Well, so so the reality is, as I mentioned kind of earlier on, um, you know, water rights and water in Colorado is one of the most important things. Um, so realistically, water levels can change in a well at any given time. If you've got a drought, um, your water levels very well may change. But you always want to make sure you're doing really extensive inspections as part of your purchase process. And one of those inspections is a well inspection. And it's not just what, what we would call your recovery rate or your refresh rate of your well, how fast it can recover well uh, water when you're using it. But it's also things like potability. You want to make sure there's not bacteria in your water. You want to make sure that there isn't radon in your water. Uh, so, so the inspection process and the guidance that we try and give our clients to, to educate them when they're considering uh, a purchase of a mountain property really involves things like well water. Um, and, you know, and we have clients, and it's perfectly fair, we have clients that say, well, we don't want to do a well. We want to do city water and sewer. And that's a really helpful thing for us to be able to guide people with as well because there are very specific parts of, of Evergreen and Conifer that are on city water and sewer systems, and you don't even have to deal with a well or a septic. And so we can, we can point you in that direction too. So, Doug, what about Internet use? This is one of the things that you had mentioned to me when we were preparing for the show, and it's something that I hadn't really thought about, and I'm not sure if it's something a lot of people think about, but talk to me about Internet usage and availability. So this is truly the biggest thing right now, and and to piggyback on that that COVID uh, conversation earlier, we have so many people that are moving to the mountains. They can work from home now, and this is their dream, and so they want to move to the mountains and, and be able to work from home. We really try and understand a client's needs and, and really understand what their demands from a work standpoint are. If you're on Zoom calls every day and you're conferencing, you've got a lot going on, you've got a lot of bandwidth load, there are certain areas in the mountains where you're going to be on satellite internet or you're going to be on DSL. And you really need to be aware of the, the pull or your demands on that type of infrastructure. So again, kind of like the, the city water and sewer. If you say to us, no, you know, we need uh, 200, uh, 200 megabytes or, or gig speeds or something along those lines, we can really isolate areas for you where that's, that's where you're going to need to be because this is the only place where this infrastructure exists. And it gets funny, you know, we all, we all kind of run to the internet to research these things and we do have a lot of clients that, that come to us initially and they say, okay, we've done all of our research ourselves, we've looked online, we know that these are all of the areas that are going to have the internet demands. And, and it's really not the case. And I, I said this to you at the beginning, there, there are a couple of maps out there that you can Google that, that are supposed uh, internet service maps for the mountain areas in Colorado. And we got presented with a map recently that was basically Mount Evans had gigabyte internet speeds. Mount Evans has no internet speeds. <laughs> you know, so people are looking at this yeah. going, hey, we can be up here and we can work from home and we're gonna be great. And we said, look, if, if we are happy to find you the best fit but if you need to work from home from this house, you're going to be calling us six months from now telling yeah. us to sell your house. Yeah. You can't work from home. And that's the, that's the last thing we ever want to put somebody in, the last position. 
we want a client to feel. That is incredible information, Doug. Thank you for that. On and that's the internet usage up there. I mean, it's something you may not have thought about, or maybe you did think about it and you Googled it on one of those search maps, and you're like, "Oh, this area would be fine," only to find out, no, no, it's not fine. And that's something you really want to take into consideration ahead of time, Doug. What about uh, the construction process? And we see a lot of—I don't know if I would say a lot, but there's a fair amount of new construction that goes on up there. Um, I don't. We could probably do an entire show on this, but, you know, walk through the basics and maybe some of the big red flags that people want to know if they're thinking about construction. So I'll I'll make one solid point, and and the point is because it's most expensive out there, going back to the the beginning of the conversation, you're building a home on the side of the hill. The earthwork is so incredibly expensive, just Mm -hmm. moving the dirt to get Mm -hmm. the house in. And so a lot of people will look at this and they'll say, hey, we're ballparking whatever price per square foot is. We're talking to a contractor and we understand what price per square foot is. That's a great place to start. You gotta figure out what your lot is. You gotta figure out what your dirt work is. We'll have people that are spending half a million dollars just clearing out the side of a hill, just doing the engineering in order to build. That's before they've even started. Mm-hmm. So if that's kind of when I talk about tiny houses or prefab homes. Yeah. I think that's their shortcut. Yeah. There is no shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the mountains, we get a little bit more snow than they do down in the Denver area. Um, talk to me a little bit about snow removal and, and as a result, school bus routes and sure, stuff like sure, that. Sure. You know, fortunately, it's not um, too scary. Um, the school bus routes, as you mentioned, are, are really a big key up there. Um, usually, depending on which county you're in, they're going to plow the roads that, that have school buses or the main drags first, and then they kind of work their way off of those. Oftentimes, we'll have snow removed by 5 or 6 a.m. in the morning. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of clients that are commuters that have to head to the tech center or down into town, and they just have no problems at all. So, again, it, it, it isn't as though you're going to get trapped for days on end. You know, if you get super rural, maybe it's a little bit harder to get out. But as long as you're sort of around a school bus route or, or directly off a school bus route, usually you can get those roads cleared. The counties can get those roads cleared, and you don't run into too much of a problem. Yeah, I will say, I, I think that snow removal in the Evergreen area, at least, you know, where we've lived, I think has been fantastic. And I, and I think most of that is because they do need to get the buses from A to B, right? Um, and, and they are on it. A lot of Evergreen is in Jefferson County. Um, that portion, they call it, the, I don't know, the mountain portion of Jefferson County actually works a little bit differently in terms of school closures and delays and stuff like that. Um, so it's nice that, that at least on a local level, they can delay school or cancel it when maybe down the hill it's just raining. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, it's, everybody makes the adjustment for living in the mountains, right? I mean, it, it's you know what you're getting into and you adjust accordingly and um, it, it functions very, very smoothly. Everybody's kind of on the same page. So, Doug, if I move to the mountains, it's going to take me like a half hour to get to the grocery store, right? <laughs> I mean, are there any amenities well, up there? Yeah, if you, if you want it to take you half hour to get to the grocery store, <laughs> absolutely. You know, we've talked about this. We're, both you and I are in central everything um it's it, i go to the grocery store every single day we'll yeah say, <laughs> for or for worse, i forget a lot of things and i'm always at the grocery store so you know it, it just really depends on where you are in evergreen if you're kind of around evergreen lake north central evergreen you have grocery stores within five minutes of you if you want to be out as you mentioned in conifer uh Pine, Bailey, you want to be out in Blackhawk, then yeah, you, you you get the benefits of being further away, but with that, you get fewer amenities or a longer drive to amenities. So, uh, broken record here, 
Um, it can be the Wild West if you want it to be, but it also it doesn't can have to be the Wild West. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you know, one of the last things I wanted to talk about, Doug, and we've got just a couple minutes here, but some of the lending differences that we're going to see in the mountains, and really, this is going to stem mostly just from housing prices by themselves, right? Mm-hmm. The average home in Evergreen is roughly, uh, you know, we are shooting this year to one point two million. That's wow, what we are and I think the average down in the Denver area is seven or seven. 750 somewhere in that neighborhood so there's there's a difference in in county loan limits are the same so well for mo- for the most part Jefferson County um, it covers most of the evergreen area conifer is um, is conifer Jefferson as well it is okay so you've got the same county loan limits but you've got much higher prices and so with that what we see is we see a lot more of the jumbo loans which is not a problem. It's just a little bit of a different animal. And then what we also see is conventional loans to the county loan limit, which is 684250 for Jefferson County. And then some people do a home equity line of credit on top of that. So if they are buying that $1.2 million house, they want to put 20% down. Well, 20% isn't going to get them to a loan amount of 684. What we can do is we can look at doing a home equity line of credit for them to cover that difference or we do a jumbo loan. And so from a, from a lending standpoint, it's a little different that way. Um, structurally, we really don't run into too many issues. Log cabins, like true log cabins, uh, are, you're going to have some probably some issues finding financing there. Um, and then if you are looking at... Um, like manufactured type homes, double wide trailers, stuff like that. Uh, there's some restrictions there as well. And acreage. I would say those are probably the main things. Anything else you can think of from a lending you know, standpoint you've run into? You're, you're hitting on all of them. It, it, to be honest with you, th- the same rule of thumb applies. Find an agent who knows the mountain area. Find a lender who knows the mountain area. You just don't want surprises. And, and it's a little bit different in the mountain area. You want your lender to know what you're doing, which is why I work with you. Absolutely. Well, Doug, it, it, thanks so much for being on the show today. That is a ton of great information. Folks, if uh, if you want to listen to the show again, uh, you can find our past episodes at 1043thefan.com. And if you would like to get in touch with Doug Pike at Colorado is Home, Doug it can be reached at 303-808-5310. Thank you for tuning in to the MVP Real Estate and Mortgage Report. If you have a question about financing your next home, or refinancing a current mortgage, give us a call at 303-921-5747. Don't miss next week's show right here on ESPN Radio 1600 every Saturday at 7 a.m. You can find past episodes on our podcast at 1043thefan.com.